Welcome to Counterbalance Conversations, the show that engages your imagination with discussions about emerging topics and stories of healing, change-making, resilience, and passion. Here is your host, Dr. Melissa L. Strasser. Hello, and welcome to Counterbalance Conversations. I'm Melissa Strasser, and with me tonight, I have Suzanne Simonetti. She's an award-winning novelist who grew up in New York, in the suburbs just outside the city. After earning her BS in marketing, she spent several years writing press releases until she left her corporate job to focus on her passion for the craft for crafting fiction. She lives in Cape May Harbor with her husband. When not on her paddleboard or yoga mat, she can be found at the beach trailing the shoreline for seashells, scribbling in her notebook and channeling dolphins for meaningful conversations. The Sound of Wings is her first book, and we're going to talk about that tonight. Thank you so much, Suzanne, for being on the show. Thank you, Melissa, so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with you. I'm so excited. Uh, I finished your book over the weekend, and um, thank you so much for the advanced read. That was, um, it was really an amazing book, and it fits with our, our topic tonight so well of finding your tribe. So uh, before we get into that, uh, I would love for you to share a little bit of your story. Tell us your story. Okay, I will. Well, I, um, I started writing this book when I first uh, moved to Cape May. We bought our home in Cape May Harbor, uh, 2015. And I had been writing already. I had another book I was working on. I uh, was working with my mentor, and I was trying to pitch it to an agent. And mm-hmm. uh, what was happening at the time was another story was coming to me at the desk. Um, yeah. Just by spending time uh, walking the shoreline and, and living in the town of Cape May, which is just wrought with history. And it is just an absolutely charming place if you're ever going to get there. And I know we've talked about that. I'd love to have you come up and check it yeah. out but so the, I was flooded with inspiration because the island itself is loaded with talented people of all sorts of vocations from um, artists and artisans and writers and uh, actors and uh, so I put pen to paper yeah. and I began The Sound of Wings that's how it all began that is amazing have you always wanted to be um, an, uh, an author or a writer I did not know that until I hit adulthood, and I was—I've always been a big reader, mm-hmm. and I remember going through uh, novels, and I—it was funny because it was just one night lying in bed as I was reading, and I—and I thought to myself, "Wow, this is just so well written," and I love the way the author brought everything together in mm-hmm. in the story, and it was like a symphony, and there was that little tiny voice that went off inside my head that said, I can do this. And I went, oh, oh. And wow. that was when it was years ago. It was more than 10 years ago. And I decided to, to take a crack at it. And it was one of the best things I've ever done. It was so much fun to write. And I, I really have learned a lot along the way. I had to hone the craft. I, you know, when my mentor is a New York Times bestselling author. She's helped me a lot. And I've taken classes. But, um, you know, getting started, it was scary. But it was also a lot of fun. That And that's incredible because I know that there are so many authors and uh, the audience has heard that, you know, that story of the story coming to you and having that 
voice in your head that speaks to you, that creative voice. There have been so many artists and um, authors on the show that they have that voice that kind of pings them, you know, before they make that leap, unless they came out of the womb, so to speak, as a creative and never had that taken away. I don't want to say taken away, but taken away by the world and circumstance and life that that drive. Some of those people have just continued and they say, oh, I've known since I was a child. But it's uh, many authors and many artists that I've talked to on the show said it didn't come to them until later in life. It wasn't a childhood dream. Right. And I think when you say, well, taken away, I think life does have a way of getting in the way. And it, it, yes. there's also a lot of traffic in our heads and a lot of noise, oh. let's face it. So yes. it's a long time for that voice to come through. But when I go back and I think about myself as a child, I was that kid that was staring out the window, daydreaming. And and yeah. so in I, I what I've learned is I can harness that, the, 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 the daydreaming and mm-hmm. um, the imagination and funnel it into my writing. And, and, and so it was just amazing that it all came together. But yes, it, it did take that little voice um, before I realized it. Yeah. yeah. So how did it feel for this being your first published work? Because you have won numerous awards yeah. and you are... Uh, I know that I'm just so proud of you watching you each. We've we've kind of garnered a, a bit of a friendship since uh, we were introduced. And I've been so excited for you with all of the awards that The Sound of Wings has started receiving over the last, gosh, couple of months. Yeah, I, well, the book came out in May. And I mm-hmm. don't remember when I won my first award. It might have been June. Yeah. Uh, but that has been a su- surprise after surprise, and, you know, and it really does feel like a validation. And, and uh, it's wonderful to hear from other readers, from strangers who I've never met, who tell me how the, the story and the characters have spoken to them. I, I cannot tell you how amazing that feels. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I can only imagine And you mentioned in some of our conversations that when your process for writing is you just, you're not in your office anymore, you become immersed in the location and the characters and the storyline. And um, the way you described it, it feels like an almost out of body experience. What is it? uh, What is your process for do you just sit down at the computer and just allow the ideas to flow? Yeah, it start. I generally start with some kind of a basic outline, but then I I have fallen into the trap of getting too technical and too stuck on the outline. Right. You have to remain open with your your mind, and you have to allow for that creative flow and that imagination mm-hmm. to soar. So it is kind of a delicate balance. And when I find myself getting too caught up. In the planning process, then I'll say, well, listen, I I have this scene that I have in mind. Let me just tamper with that a little bit. And I'll I'll just start crafting scenes. And then it's so wonderful because when you start typing, then the the characters do come to life. You say, Mm -hmm. oh, okay, now I see you. Now I see who you are. Yeah. And your characters are so well-developed in The Sound of Wings, and I felt like they could be my friend or in my group of friends or in my particular tribe. 
um, or, you know, elements of certain ones, you know, felt very uh, similar to my own personality. I shared with you that I really related to the character of Crystal. Um, and the sound, you explore the inner world of women I do. in this book, which, and it's women of all ages. Correct. And the, and the women are, they're all different because I wanted to take each of the women on a journey because they're at different stages in their lives. And, and we know at different stages in your life, you face different issues, right? And so I wanted to, um, I wanted to sort of explore their journeys and then how they find their way to one another and how they help each other. Yes. And so that brings us to our topic of finding your tribe. That's correct. And so um, in this book, each of the women has a, um, a feeling of separateness or aloneness in their lives that they have created um, or their lives that they're currently in. Um, right. And was this in a part of an intentional or an intentional part of the character development? It was. And I'm going to go back. I'm going to pick on Crystal for a minute because you mentioned okay. her. And we, yeah. I know she's our, our favorite because we talked about it. She really was the inspiration that kicked off the story. I was, this is very true. Mm-hmm. I was walking the shoreline and I was collecting seashells and sea glass and a vision came to me of a character and it was yeah. crystal. It was this beautiful blonde um, in middle age, you know, mid forties. And she was, had everything that she never had as a kid. She, she had a wonderful husband and, and financially stable, but yet there was something missing. And so she she was felt like um, I wanted to take her on an exploration of what is it that Crystal's missing because as beautiful as she is she doesn't feel whole inside and right so, and then what's wonderful about that it ties into of course Goldie our older character who becomes a bit of a mentor to Crystal and so yes. a friendship develops that that a, a totally unexpected friendship develops between the mm-hmm. two of them and a business venture. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then, and the, I mean, there's just, there's so many intertwining <laughs> elements of the book. So um, as a woman, did you, uh, and you were looking for your tribe, did you, where did you find your tribe? Have you found your tribe? I have found my tribe. And, and I, you know, it, it, I was in corporate for a long time. I have a marketing degree. So I spent mm-hmm. time in, in marketing, you know, doing the corporate gig. And then uh, I was actually did personal training for nine years. That was wonderful oh, wow. because I got to work with people. I love people and I got to, you know, help people grow. Um, and then, you know, I turned to the writing and that was when I really found my true passion. Um, so the, what was your question? Say that repeatedly. Did you find your tribe? Have I you found did. your tribe? Yeah, I did. And so what ended up happening was because I finally published my debut, which is The Sound mm-hmm. of Wings, I got together with fellow authors who are also publishing, fellow women who are exploring their um, debuts and putting them out into the world. And so we have a network and we connect with one another, and uh, it, it's it's wonderful to have that to have that sisterhood. 
Mm-hmm. So as from um, a perspective of female, because I mean, I think I shared with you that I've spent the last several years really honing in and developing my tribe and my relationship with um, different females in my life to, you know, create that tribe and to foster the appropriate tribe for, say, a new place in my life and a new, I don't want to say station, but you know, you, as you get older, there are different things that you care about and you love having like a broad range of older women and women that are younger than you right. uh, within your tribe because they all bring something different. That's right. And on a personal level, um, how was that for you? How was, uh, did you reach a place where you just wanted to find your tribe or did your tribe find you? I think they found me. I think uh, they found me and it, it was through the writing and mm-hmm. through just the networking and the exploration of I going to get this book published one way or another because it right. can be a long time. And along yeah. the way, you meet people who are willing to help you, whether it's yeah. you know with editing or just support and other people who are there trying to do the same thing. And it's like, well, yeah. let's collaborate and let's do this together. And um, it, I feel extremely fortunate for that. Yeah. And you said you had a mentor. So I think mentoring is so important. And I think that was one of the things that I would love to bring up during this conversation is really mentoring between, you know, between ages, different, um, um, different places in our lives, that it's really important to mentor other women. For sure it is. And it's also, you know, if you see someone doing something, um, that you're interested in, ask. And people mm-hmm. love to share. Generally yes. speaking, people love to share. That was going to be one of my takeaways to, for tonight. But yeah, yeah, it's always good to find an ally, to find a mentor, um, people who are already doing maybe something that you're interested in. Yes. And I've, I've also found throughout my life that it is exactly that, to ask if you are uh, interested in something. And a lot of times individuals or even myself, we're really afraid to ask that person because we kind of put people on a pedestal. That's right. And say, well, they've done this or that's an, they're an author, they're already published or they're a VP if you're in the corporate world. And even though I want to be there, they would never want to do that. They would never want to mentor me. And I found throughout my career that I've had some really fantastic mentors who either offered or I was willing to ask them for feedback, information, uh, or just insight. And then it developed into a wonderful uh, relationship. That's right. And there's probably a very good chance that the person you want to approach was mentored by somebody else and and was in that spot one day. They were saying, well, I want to know more about this. And um, it, it's, you just don't want to hold yourself back with, mm-hmm. with um, fear because people love talking about themselves. They love, most of the time, they love sharing. Yes. Don't they? They absolutely do. They absolutely do. Um, so I'm, we've already talked a little bit about your creative process. Um, so as you're coming into the new year, do you have some new uh, projects that you're working on? 
I am working on another book. I am. Yeah. And um, it is going to be, a, it's not part of a series from The Sound of Wings. It's a standalone. But okay. I did pull two characters from The Sound of Wings who will be making appearances in the next story. Crystal and Jocelyn will be in the next book. Uh, and it was great. It was actually a very smart thing of me to do because I found when I started the new project, I was stumbling a little bit. And then once I grabbed yeah. Crystal and Jocelyn, I found that I had missed them. <laughs> so it yeah. was great having them back. And that it, it was interesting because it, it, uh, the new story takes place 12 years later. Oh, and wow. so a lot has changed. A lot has changed. So it's kind of neat to catch up with them to see where they've been over the last decade. Yes. Uh, It's been fun. It has been, yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to read the next, the next book that you uh, published. So you have to make sure you let me know. Um, We are, as we're, as you're developing that book in your creative process, you are, you were saying that you were missing those two characters um, do they become like your, uh, this is going to maybe sound a little odd, do they become like friends as you're writing about them or just you become part of that that world like we were talking about? Oh, friends of mine, you mean? Yeah. Oh. yeah. Well, I mean, are they, do they feel like companions or friends in your writing process? They do. And it's so interesting that you asked me that. Yes. And in even I, I've put myself in their shoes because Jocelyn, of course, as you remember, is is the writer in the story. And mm-hmm. so what has happened with her career over the, the last 12 years is very interesting. Um, but yet I found that she's also still struggling with some of the same things. She still has a lot of the same insecurities because mm-hmm. I feel like, um, you know, we don't just solve problems. Right. It's not like, oh, okay, yeah, she solved that in that book and now she's perfect. No, she's not. She still has some, you know, things that are bothering her, just like a real life person. Um, So, yes, they are. They are very near and dear to me. And there is real life to me as my next door neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Who were the or I shouldn't say who were there people in your life that were in the inspiration for the characters? I love that question. I would say throughout my life, yes, uh, I was inspired, been inspired by everyone I've ever met, worked with, um, known, but, and there's a little piece of me in each of the women. Uh, Mm -hmm. Of course, none of them is autobiographical. They're not like Jocelyn is not based on me, nor is Crystal, nor is Goldie, but there are definitely pieces of me and pieces of uh, others that I've met throughout my life in each of the women, for sure. Yeah. And I find that interesting as a, you know, um, you and I talk that, you know, writing has been something I've been doing for a long time. I'm not uh, publishing at this time, but it is something that I've done for a long time. And I, I realize that the characters as I'm developing them and even as I've read other authors um, who've been bestselling authors and uh, following their careers and reading books about them and articles, I found that they have that same connection with their characters. Um, so I thought that was really interesting that they do pull elements of the characters from multiple people in their life. It's rarely developed from one person. Correct. 
Exactly. Rarely. So they find the good and the bad in each one, each person. They kind of mix it together to, to produce this amazing new character that we all come to love. Exactly. In, including their life circumstances and, and whatever they may be facing, you pull from pieces of different yeah. things. Um, it's never based on one person or one story. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so are there any other projects that you have in the works? Anything, any uh, other things that you would like to talk about around that? Well, the other thing that I am working on, which is a totally new um a new project, new 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 task for me is I am working on the screenplay for The Sound of Wings. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I downloaded Final Draft and it is so interesting, Melissa, to approach the story that I've written and I'm so familiar with and try and adapt it to the screen because it's completely different. It's so yes. different than writing a book. Yeah, so it's been fun and challenging and as I craft the new book, I am doing that as well. I'm doing both. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. That is. And that's exciting because, um, you know, I see you doing all of these amazing things and you took that leap out of the corporate environment mm-hmm. as well. And how have you, have you ever looked back and said, I really miss that other um, piece, the corporate side of your life? Great question. I don't miss it. If, I, if anything, I miss the people, although I do have a few mm-hmm. friends uh, that I'm still connected to on Facebook that I worked with 20 years ago. Uh-huh. But I tell you, it's interesting how life unfolds, Melissa, because I was in marketing. And so I've been able to wear my marketing hat for my promotion and my campaigns with the book. So yes. that, is, that is, I've been utilizing a lot of that. And it's kind of neat how that came full circle for me. Yeah, from the marketing standpoint, uh, when you were working in corporate, were you doing the marketing of the the book or market? What type of marketing were you doing? Were you doing I social was, marketing or across the board? I was doing. Um, I wasn't involved. This is before <laughs> it was before social media. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going back. That's okay. <laughs> but uh, I worked for Benjamin Moore Paint Company. I was involved yeah. with them, and then I worked for another smaller firm, and they sold fabrics. But marketing is one of those things that I think you can sort of take anywhere. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, yeah, you know, you can apply it to different things as long as you have the basics. Right. Yeah. yeah and I mean, I think that from an author standpoint and from um, a business owner and, and marketing your screenplay and that I think you can use a lot of those skill sets to kind of drive the drive this forward. Yeah, and it also ties into branding because branding is something I think that we are all working on, no matter what. Right. What, 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 right? You understand Absolutely. how that works. So branding and getting the logo and making sure everything is uniform and that if I'm looking at your page on Facebook, that when I go to LinkedIn, I want to see the same photo because I want to be able to recognize you. So things like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so what would you, um, if you had to give yourself like a few words and I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. Um, What would you say would be the brand for Suzanne? Interesting. I would say um, 
Well, it is. I think it's all about finding yourself and also, and it's going to tie into a key theme in the, in the Sound of Wings, which is healing from the past. I yes. am a big proponent of, in order to move forward, we need to make sure that we have sort of made our peace mm-hmm. with whatever it is that's chasing us or weighing us down. And so, yes. yeah, so I think that it's, you got to do the work. We all have to do it. But, um, you know, sort of, and, and, and it's a work in progress. So, yeah. absolutely healing, healing from the past. Yeah. So you can go forward. Yeah, I and I love that because you and I have talked pretty extensively about that. And we've talked about that during kind of our off conversations. And I love that, you know, you are also a, a yogi yourself. Um, yeah. And it's like one of the things that you, you said was when you're off your mat, <laughs> which was great because <laughs> a lot of that healing if you're like me, a lot of that healing has taken place on the mat That's and right. it's taken place as you focus on yourself and you focus on your inner world, which I noticed in the sound of wings, a lot of the women had these rich inner, inner dialogues and inner worlds. Um, and I would love when we come back um, to talk a little bit more about that after we come back from break. Wonderful. I'd love it. That sounds great. All right. So we'll talk about that when we come back from our break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you looking for an hour to allow your imagination to soar? An hour for self-care? An hour to learn something new? Join Dr. Melissa L. Strausser for conversations and stories that'll give you that hour to listen to tales of triumph and conversations about emerging topics from coaches, entrepreneurs, entertainers, authors, and everyday heroes. You'll hear about healing, change-making, resilience, and passion. We invite you to take the journey and join us for Counterbalance Conversations on Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. 
The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. You are tuned into Counterbalance Conversations with Dr. Melissa L. Strasser. Find out more about Dr. Melissa by visiting counterbalancecoach.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, and welcome back to Counterbalance Conversations. I'm Melissa Strasser, and I'm here with Suzanne Simonetti. She is an award-winning novelist and um, a resident of New York. She's in New York suburbs and Cape May, New Jersey. She's doing, but she goes back and forth. And she is also the author of The Sound of Wings. And we've been talking to her today about her book, The Sound of Wings. We've been talking about uh, her creative her creative process, uh, her finding her tribe and mm-hmm. her fellow authors as a first-time uh, published author. And uh, we've been talking to her about her characters and the character development and her creative process. Yes. And um, so thanks so much again for being on here, Suzanne. Thank you so much for having me. I, um, I did want to share something with you. I was thinking yes. about this when you were asking me before about the creative process. This is kind mm-hmm. of a neat little thing that happened. Once I had the chapters in my head for The Sound of Wings, I had written each chapter down on a note card. I'm a visual yeah. person, so I sort of wanted right. to see the story all laid out. And yes. I actually got down on my hands and knees, and I put the note cards down in my office. And I was able to see where the missing pieces were in the story and um, I had it because there were just a couple things I had to bridge and connect and once I found it and I can't give it away because it's one of the yeah. big spoilers in the book but right I, I, I said oh I know what I have to do there I gathered all the index cards up I sat down at my desk and I spent the next nine months writing the story and I just wow. wanted to share that with you because I, I'll never forget it was a moment in time that I will never forget yeah. And that seems like you could just like huh, rise up and just see the entire picture of your book right there. And I would imagine um, this is very similar to the way that I write as well as the index cards are like individual ideas or characters or nuggets of information for those individuals that are, are not writers. I don't know if that's how yours um, works as well. Yes, and then you uh, you read the story, so you know there's a bit of uh, braiding going on from past to present because we have, of course, the journal of Jocelyn's late mother-in-law, and I had to really make sure that everything was jiving and lining up. And so those index cards were imperative, and 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 seeing the story all laid out on the floor really helped me and I said oh there's the book I just had to write it (laughs) right you're like the whole thing is right here and here's all my characters and (laughs) and I love that about your process because it's um it's very tactile you're like I am a very visual 
person and it's very tactile. And I know that there's software that does the same thing for you, but I don't know about you, but the, the tactile, uh, just the feeling of holding the cards, putting them out, being able to move everything around and just see it in your own space feels different than on a computer screen. Agreed. Yeah, because I do, I don't write my books longhand. I do do them on the computer, but I still, I'm old school when it comes to taking notes. I like my post-it notes. I have all different color highlighters. You know, I I love the stationery store. (laughs) Yeah, when I'm, um, just from a creative process standpoint, when I'm doing a project or when I was working on my website with my web developer or I'm trying to figure out how do things line up with my business for the year, say new projects or new programs I'm trying to develop or workshops I want to do, whatever it happens to be. I have flip charts that go down the, my hallway Yeah, and I have sticky notes on those flip charts and I have markers and highlighters and you will see a gigantic mind map at the end of the year or sometime around November or November or December generally, or if I have a brainstorm about a um, project, you'll see the flip charts go down the hallway. I get the sticky flip charts. You have to have them. Yeah, and, and I'm finally one of those people where you, you know, you always hear people say, write it down so you don't forget it. Well, I used to say, oh, I'm not going to forget it, but now I am forgetting things. So I write <laughs> it down. I'm like, no, write it down. You know, I have yeah. to do that because, and then, cause you're not going to be able to retrieve that because you get pulled into something else and you, you're like, oh, I got, what was it? What was that really great idea that I had? Right. And that's the other thing, too. You know, you get pulled into everything else. So when I have these flip charts down the hallway, I get up in the morning and I look at them and I go, oh, that doesn't go there. So when you're fresh and you walk past it and you go, that doesn't fit. Let's move it over here. Uh, Or I have a hole here. So uh, let's put something there. That's a great idea that comes to you first thing in the morning. That's right. So absolutely write it down. You have to write it down. And then a lot of research went into this book. You know, I, I yeah. decided to set it in Cape May. And I had mentioned that the town is wrought with history. And, yes. so I, you know, there's that scene in the in the story where Jocelyn jumps on her bicycle and she rides to the lighthouse. Yes. Well, I had to research all of the steps along the lighthouse because at every there's a lookout point as you go up. Toward, you know, to the top. And there's different lookout points. One looks out over the Delaware, one looks out over the ocean, one looks out over the Bird Observatory. This was yes. all things that I had to learn. So I have stacks of books and CDs on the whole town that, you know, and it was fun because I got to learn more about it. Um, but it was also a bit of a creative break from, you know, the coming up with the characters and plotting to uh, to the research, which which I never thought I'd enjoy, but I ended up really enjoying. So you and you really uh, so you did all of the research around Cake May. You did. Um, so when you decided to, was it always going to be in Cape May? Did you know that it was going to be there? Because I know you have some elements of a little spoiler here, a little Virginia. That's as right. Well. That's yeah, not a spoiler. Yeah, with some, yeah, that's right. Virginia Beach makes an appearance. That's yeah. correct. Um, a little bit of my no, I did not. there. <laughs> when I was writing a st- the story originally, it wasn't until 
my husband and I were visiting Kate May more regularly, and he said, why don't you set the book in Kate May? And it was like, ding, ding, ding. Why, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> you know? Right. It was right. like, well, that was genius. And um, and then once we, we moved and bought the home, um, I was just flooded. And I said, oh, wow. And, of course, Goldie in the book is a local potter. We have a local potter in Cape May. Yeah. And she's got a little place on Carpenter's in the story, Carpenter's Lane. And uh, so... I had to do all the research. I don't, I'm not a potter. I know, I don't yeah. know how to craft jewelry. So, again, I have all these books on my desk. And it's funny because my brother came to visit us at the beach house at Cape May. And he said, oh, I see. This is how you knew about all the processes. And, and I said, well, sure. I, 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 I had to research all that. So, right. So yeah. did you take any of the classes and become a potter or a jewelry maker? I tried to. I wanted to, and it was very funny. I'm going to tell you something funny. It was. It's so. It's a very small town, Cape May, and the people who take the, the class with the local one of the local potters are born and bred locals. Mm-hmm. And so when I kind of was like, "Oh, is there room?" and she's like, "No, there's no room," you know. And I'm still sort of at the time I was an outsider, but I am going to work my way into one of the classes at some point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I t- at yeah. the beginning of the summer when I left my corporate gig, um, I spent um, probably two months, two of those months, that every week I had some type of art class at the local um, Center for the Arts because they have these classes. So I did basket making and pottery yeah. and, you know, I loved the pottery, but I find that it is not my skill. No, me personally, I'm, because it's so delicate. It's not delicate, but it is. Yeah, there's an art to it. Yeah, I could see, and I've taken a couple of classes. I'm so fortunate where I live. I'm on the Cape May Harbor. I live around the corner from the Nature Center of Cape mm-hmm. May, and the Coast Guard is at the end of the block, and um, they give classes at the Nature Center. Some of the women there are my friends, and, yeah. and they're so crafty and they're so talented. And I am not. <laughs> so, yeah. but it's fun. I walk in there, and I know I'm the, you know, I'm I'm struggling the most in the class. And but it's fun. It's a fun. I think it's good to change. Um, yeah. I need a new creative outlet sometimes. When I get stuck on the page, uh, sometimes I'll throw on an apron and I'll start to cook. You know. Oh yeah. So we we've had that. Um, so yeah. cooking is oh, is yeah. my outlet as well. Feeding yeah. people. Yeah. Um, so for me, it was a basket weaving was fantastic that was a great skill i mean it was fun it was a great afternoon activity but i think i'm going to stick with my writing and cooking and uh painting i'm an abstract painter but um and a photographer oh i like to grab my camera and go out and i don't like taking pictures of people but i love the landscape and here in florida we have so many great you know, places we can go and take, you know, we have the woods and we have uh, the beach. So I have constant source. I love, I have to tell you too, um, there's a, a few local photographers uh, in Cape May who I'm friends with. One's Dennis Flanagan and he does it for mm-hmm. fun. But a lot of the photos on my website were taken by Dennis because oh, they're wow. just fantastic. Yeah. Really, truly. And- and if you find that that kind of that outlet, but I, I will tell you, pottery was not it for me. <laughs> Jewelry making wasn't it for me. No. So I'm like, 
I, I truly appreciate when I go to the farmer's market and the artist uh, venues and and find these great artisans who do these beautiful pieces of work. It's amazing. It is amazing. And I think that's another reason why I wanted to give uh, the characters their own, these vocations, because I cannot do it myself, but I can yeah. learn about them. So it's almost as if I'm able to live vicariously through them. You yes. Know, they're able to craft like Goldie, if you remember, crafted that beautiful two, uh, two foot mermaid. Yes. You know, that took her so much time. I can't imagine myself ever being able to do that, but it was so much fun to learn about. Absolutely. And I really would like to have that mermaid in my foyer right now Me. because the way you described it, I said, I really need that at my house. It would right. be perfect. She had the gold cuffs like Wonder Woman around her yeah. wrist. Oh, I want that. I know. It was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So uh, speaking of Goldie, yeah, yeah, at the beginning of the book, you know, when the book opens, you know, she's in the butterfly garden and she's reflecting on her relationship with her uh, father-in-law. Right. And um, there's such an underpinning uh, of love for the this gentleman as well as the acceptance that he brought to her as well as the grief of losing him correct yes and we we did open the we opened the story in the butterfly garden because the the main purpose of that was to show where Goldie was in her life which was just approaching 70 and her, she's starting to struggle with some health issues and financial concerns and at her weakest moments you know she goes back in time and she's missing Patrick her late father-in-law and she's mm -hmm. also if you remember feels the presence and is being haunted quote-unquote if you will yes. by her dead husband Simon and so when Goldie's at her weakest and there's going to be moments throughout the book where she she has those those tender moments um, mm -hmm. these things are uh, sort of breathing down her neck and she's and she's feels that connection to Patrick that she's been missing all these years yes and I feel like there was a, such a dichotomy and such a balance between Simon and Patrick and their impact on yes. her yes and that was a very delicate i had to be careful with that because my my mentor had looked at the first draft and said we don't want to make simon too jerky was the word she used <laughs> he wasn't a villain per se but but you know he 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 had his issues as you remember right. he wasn't particularly nice to goldie and he was also jealous of his wife's relationship with his own father because he never mm -hmm. felt accepted by his father uh, so there's a lot of complication there yes yeah a lot of complication there um, and that's a theme that also goes through the book is acceptance acceptance is huge absolutely uh, yeah it, mm -hmm. between between parent and and, and child and, and self-acceptance as well yeah i i really admire how you explored all of the different uh elements of the human con condition through each of the, your characters but you you explored them all of the same ones at different stages in these individuals lives you yeah. know whether it be parents you know um husband and wife 
familial relationships, inter familial, uh, like divorce spouses, children relationships throughout the entire the blended family the blended family that's right because jocelyn is just remarried to bruce and she's got the little boy billy from her first situation she was actually not married to to billy's father but um yes and also i wanted to you know find a way to bridge those divides between the women to, to to going back to the theme of find your tribe that it doesn't have to be people who necessarily are your age or mm-hmm. who come from the same walks of life that you do, that you can find friendship and people who will help you um, at any stage. Yeah. And another, and that is absolutely true because as we had talked about, I, I have friends that are, uh, you know, range from 80 I think I have one that's one friend that she's in her 80s, mid 80s, all the way down to uh, 20s. And so my tribe is so has such a breadth and they're all very deep individuals. And I think as you grow, you attract those individuals that are going to help you grow or that you can help them grow. Absolutely. And you'd be surprised that your friend in her 80s could learn a lot or probably has already learned a lot from you. So we learn a lot from one another. I've learned a lot from younger friends as well. Yeah, the the lady that's in her 80s, I love um, because she was a friend of my mother's. Nice. And her name is uh, Mildred. And she's a friend of my mom's. And she was there as I was growing up. It was her and another friend named Glenda, uh, which Mama Glenda, she may be listening. So I don't know if Mildred is or not. But Mildred is, um, she has all my stories. I love. She that. was there growing up. I mean, from when I was young, my mom was a single mom. So she has always been there. So being that I've lost a lot of my family members, I have this other person who's in her 80s who knows all of my stories and is because she was there. So it's priceless. It really is. Those kinds of people to have in your life are treasures. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They really are. And, and they make up a life. They make up your your story. They're all part yeah. of it. And not, yeah. never to be discounted. And yeah. But everybody laughs because I'm still afraid of her because she'll still tell me oh, yeah. exactly how things are. <laughs> you're still that little kid inside we all are right we I all am, are. i'm like yeah is she gonna love it so <laughs> so i hope she loves the show if she's listening but um but i think that is so important and i think looking at the grief of goldie um across the board and all of the human conditions that are you explore at different ages through these ladies and how they intermingle and they teach each other um, really is a testament to you because even as you looked at the story laying on the floor in the note cards, you still had to take the words or find the words to appropriately describe all of those, these women either directly or, Yes. You know, infer things and make you feel things about them, whether you like them or don't like the characters uh, as well. 
Yeah, and I, I, you notice I do like to play with time a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I, I, I find it interesting to go back and just sort of drop in different scenes that maybe happen. Like, for we'll take Crystal, for example. She had a, a mean and punishing mother. Mm-hmm. And I had thrown in that scene where Crystal's mom was called into the office because she always smelled like cigarette smoke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they they asked, you know, the mother was making a big stink of it and said, well, what is, what is the problem? I'm not a lot of smoke. And she's like, well, the principal was like, well, you know, you, your daughter, it's affecting the other students and how she sat outside the principal's office, just embarrassed. And, mm-hmm. and, and we all remember what it's like to be a child. And, and, yeah. you know, those, you, we, we didn't have our own voice and, you know, so, yeah, yeah, it, it was it was fun. It, it was it was it was fun. It was hard, but it was it was a great way to sort of showcase Crystal and her story. Yes, and um, I love the portion or the uh, the relationship between her and Pearl, <laughs> and the development of that after the scene with her high school friends. That's right. Um, yes. And not to give too much away, but that decision point for Crystal that I think we've all come to as we have, you know, gotten older or, you know, that that decision of I'm at a different place in my life. I'm different than I was then. I need to change that is correct. My the people in my life. That is correct. And if you remember in the story, her husband Abe says to her that, that these are not your people, and it's wonderful, and he's supportive. But she yeah. had to discover that we have to discover things for ourselves. You know, our best friends, our yeah. our husbands, our mothers, or whoever can say whatever they want. But sometimes we need to f- discover things for ourselves, and that was true with Crystal. And she did. She had that moment where she said, "Never again." And she said, like, I yeah. like she's not going to let these people make her feel like this anymore. She's yeah. not that scared girl back in high school anymore. And she finally was yeah. opening up and blossoming. And it was just such a great part of the story because it was like she was coming to life. Yes. And she was able to embrace herself, which allowed her to move into this next phase of her life. That's right. Um, and open herself up to... The, these, I want to talk about the whole story, but I'm afraid that will give too much away. Um, but I mean, it just allows her to move into that next phase of her life that allows her to have mentorship and have the the life she deserved that she always deserved. Correct. And that was fantastic. That's right. And just quickly, I did name her Crystal because she's so precious and beautiful. And I yeah. see her as Crystal, even though she didn't feel that way. But that's why I yeah. named her that. Oh, yeah. that is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we we have just a few minutes left in the show. Um, are there any, so where can everyone find your book? I've, I, They're going to love the book. So um, where, where can they find it? And is there anything you want to leave the audience with in the next couple of minutes? The book is available wherever books are sold. Um, and if you, the buy links are on my website, you can find my website is my first and last name, Suzanne Simonetti, S-U-Z-A-N-N-E-S-I-M-O-N-E-T-T-I. That's my website and my email's on there. So that's a way to get connect with me. I'm on social media, of course. And then my parting words would be, uh, to 
ask, find an ally, find a mentor. If there's something you're interested in, don't be afraid to go for it. Life is going fast, time is passing, and there's nothing to be afraid of. Don't hold yourself back. Absolutely. And um, I think if individuals were to read the book, I think they would find one of the characters that really related to them and inspired them to do exactly what you just uh, advised, which was to find that ally to, you know, because it is true, time is going to pass whether you do it or not. That's right. Go for it. And you don't want to be on you know, at the end of your time saying, I wish I had of. That's right. That's right. I wish I had of. And I wanted to thank you so much for being on the show with us today, Suzanne. This was such a great conversation as always. It's a pleasure. Oh, every time we meet and speak, I really, I just feel great afterwards. So thank you for having me, Melissa. And I feel the same way. And next week we are going to have, um, Diana Cooperschmidt on the show, and she's going to be talking about her book as well. And we are, we had a, we're going to have a great conversation, um, about grief, about moving forward. And it's going to be an extension of this conversation that Suzanne and I've had about your tribe and allowing yourself to open up to that tribe. And it's a beautiful conversation for the end of the year. And I wanted to wish all of you a happy winter solstice, happy Yule, Merry Christmas, or whatever you're celebrating this time of year. And a happy, happy, uh, or a really great week this week. If there's any questions that you have, feel free to reach out to me at Counterbalance Coach on Facebook or Instagram or counterbalancecoach at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk with you next week. Thank you for listening to Counterbalance Conversations. Be sure to join your host, Dr. Melissa L. Strausser, for another inspiring show next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until our next program, be well, be inspired, be the counterbalance.